Welcome back to Catch Up with Dom Tomato. This season, we've got episodes focusing on long-term injury, coming back from it, and the mental and emotional changes you deal with from going through it. This week's guest is Jason Paul, and I don't even know where to begin describing Jason. For me, he's always been somewhat of a mentor figure. He was an industry pioneer, being one of the first Red Bull-sponsored athletes. He's one of the creators and an active member today of Team Ferrang. He's also been an incredible member of the community, fostering many different opportunities and pathways for younger athletes. And he has a very different set of injuries to what, what the other guests we've spoken to so far. So let's get into today's show. I'm really excited. Here we go. Oh, boom, personality turns on right now. All right, nice. well, yeah, let's let's get into today's show. Jason, I'm so excited to have you on board. I mean, the last time we saw each other was on, on the shoot in Bangkok in Koh Chung. Was that, yeah, and you, you always impress me with the ability, like you always blow me away with how you are able to deliver on those shoots. I feel like that's like where you rise to the occasion so much is during those those different shoots. Like you've got obviously your like old Red Bull shoots and stuff, but is there like, I don't know, you just smash it when it comes to like the performative execution of, of pieces and packages. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I always performed well under pressure. Even when I would do live performances, I would usually do better in the actual performance than in practice. And I feel very lucky that it is like that. Same with contests where other people, you see them in practice, a lot of people doing competitions and they do so well. And I get so worried, like doing out of motions and stuff. I'd be like, oh yeah. no, all my stuff is not looking as good as these guys. And then I would do my run and it would go really well and i do better than expected. And other people would fail at what they plan to do and uh and had landed so I, in I practice yes yes yeah. so i feel like nerve wise i perform quite well in front of the mm -hmm. camera and, and an audience i don't know why right. yeah yeah it's something it's something that the yeah i've really noticed over the the last few years of watching your stuff is the thing that i think stands out the most is that like execution of not just like the movement but the entire package like how it's shot how it's like focus where the all the points hit and that sort of thing it's a, it's a very curated like it always comes out in that really professional way and i think that's a, a good strength to have for for any sort of like online you know or self freelance work is that you can do that with multiple different photographers and videographers no matter what the setting yeah thank you yeah i think <laughs> I always wanted to make it look as cool as it felt. I think we all have that experience where you do your first jump that you're kind of proud of, and then you film it, and you're like, that looks terrible. I still have that. <laughs> or it, looks... <laughs> or it oh, just, was... it looks a lot smaller than you expected, for example. And then mm -hmm. I would I would get like, oh, let me get a fisheye lens. Let me get this. Let me get that. And I was always into, okay, how do I make this look? How do I make myself look good, basically? But <laughs> yes. uh, How do I showcase it? Yeah, but as a byproduct, I think I've managed to, I'm, I know how to make parkour look good now, whether it's my own movement or other people's movement. And I really enjoy that. Mm, it is, there's a huge aspect to uh, being behind the camera and practicing that art to get good at that as well. Like, it's not something you just like picked up or like, oh yeah, cool. I'm expert at shooting movement. It, it takes lots of, as you said, different like years of trying different stuff and practicing and changing the angle here and there. And it's like an intuitive learning as you're going through the process, I guess. And for you, 
do you plan a line differently if you're just training versus if you know it's going to be filmed? Not really. No, personally, I, 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 now that you say that, I think I will always just like come up with a line regardless of how, like, you know, whatever shot it's going to be. And then be like, okay, let's film this. <laughs> so it probably makes a difference. That's interesting. Yeah. Like for me, I really, if I know it's going to be filmed, but my, my lines are also quite dancey sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes a lot of times. So <laughs> <laughs> I have, I, I know for a certain trick, it will look good from a certain side. Like, for example, my aerials, I don't go straight over my head. So I know if you film them from behind, you're just going to see my back and my ass straight into the camera. If you film them from the side, it's going to be very noticeable. I'm not going properly over my head versus if okay. you film the aerial facing my chest, they will look really good. Yeah. So I know whenever I put an aerial in a line, I will want the camera facing my chest. Okay. So I will think about, okay, if I'm doing an aerial... Say I did a precision jump. I know a precision jump will look good from the side because that will make the jump look the biggest. And then if I do an aerial, it should be also facing that same direction. So I kind of try to piece it together with the camera in mind already of where it's going to be. That's super interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I I never really would have thought about, um, I guess like I, I have that with, you know, like front flips and like the staple moves that I do. I'm like, you know, I know this looks best. From the, but most of the stuff I'm just like it looks best from the side really far away, which doesn't really count as like <laughs> making it individual. I'm just like, yeah, no, I just want to see it all. But um, but yeah, I guess I think that makes sense. sense for you because you have these big, big, big jumps, so you don't have to compensate as much. I'm like, oh, my jumps are not that big. I got to make it. <laughs> for you, what I like is, I guess, the angles that you use is. If I'm on set with someone, I would call it like an honest angle where it just really shows this is where I'm coming from. This is where I'm going. This is what's happening. There's no crazy camera tricks. It's just an honest angle. Okay, I like that. I like that terminology. And I think that's, I have to tell that to camera, to filmmakers sometimes because they want to get all fancy. Mm -hmm. But especially for what you do, I feel like it's like Jackie Chan style, honest angles. Like there's no... camera edits tricks or anything there's no way you can fake this and that's why it's the best for that because people are like oh there's no crazy magic going on to trick me here i can actually appreciate how impressive this is yeah i think that's that's a really nice way in the future to to say that to production people or someone who doesn't necessarily work in that the industry is like this is like an honest angle it's really clear and showcasing the movement for what it is so that's that i like that terminology a lot mm-hmm. there's yeah, nothing you get, can hide right no no yeah but to get into <laughs> the, i guess the bare bones of today is the the big injury that you suffered was less of like a staple trademark park or injury like an acl tear or you know busted shoulder or something you had do you want to explain to people what was going on there what took you yeah. away <laughs> well well what i had was uh it's called myocarditis or could also be pericarditis, which uh, I, if you had never heard about it before, great. I hadn't either. It and it's basically like an inflamed, <laughs> it sounds like dinosaurs, much less fun than dinosaurs. It's basically <laughs> an, an inflammation of the heart muscle. And I've had like my run of the mill parkour injuries. Like I had my torn ligaments in my ankles three times. I've broken my arms. I've had plenty of bruises and uh, concussion 
as well. But mm-hmm. this was really the first injury that took me out for longer than one to three months. And mm-hmm. it kind of took me from nowhere because I had never heard about it before. So the way you get an inflamed heart muscle is when you have a cold uh, or any respiratory infection and you don't rest properly. And then that infection or inflammation can move from your respiratory organs down to your heart muscle, which then makes it really, really dangerous. But um, in, in my story, I didn't know that yet. In my story, I was traveling all across the world doing shoots and projects going from one time zone to the next. Next to doing these projects, I was also shooting vlogs and creating my own content and editing it and doing Just everything. Full tilt. And full on, like sleeping like four to six hours a night, just hitting it super hard and um, training on top of that, of course. And what happened was that I went from Japan to Bangkok, then went to Abu Dhabi for a location scout for two, three days, then came back to Bangkok, stayed for a night and then flew to Germany. When I got to Germany, I was like... So much airtime. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of (laughs) airtime. When I got to Germany, I was like, huh, I have this weird pressure in my chest. And I was kind of paranoid about heart um, or like uh, heart attacks because there was this one thing I read in a book once about how they don't feel as dramatic as you see them in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, you know what, pain. I'll just right. Like it was very mild of a feeling. And I was like, you know what, I'll just I had a nap. Still didn't go away. It's always a good first measure. Take a nap. <laughs> Not with a broken leg, but. <laughs> Anything yeah, else? Yeah, no, take it's just <laughs> take an app assessor when you wake up, if you wake up. <laughs> yep. So I uh, still had that pressure on my chest and the chest pain. So I said, you know what? Let's just go to the doctor. He'll tell me it's fine. Don't worry about it. And when we got to the doctor, I thought he would be very relaxed, but he got quite serious quite quickly hmm. and um, did a that blood test. Tone shift, like he's like, oh right, yeah, yeah. Face drops, so, like oh, I, like, yeah, something, something's coming. Yeah. <laughs> so according to my blood, um, blood values and my symptoms, and that I had a uh, respiratory infection a few months prior that I didn't properly rest through, he said it's most likely you have myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle, which means you need to take six months off of any physical activity including sex so that was uh, a very hard to swallow pill so you're just like <laughs> go and they're like uh, you need to be celibate for the foreseeable future i hope you uh touched yourself this morning before you came in <laughs> at least 12 hours before you came in but uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean depends on the position <laughs> but if i lay very very still and don't get excited we can have great sex <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so I was stripped of a lot of fun out of my life immediately Mm -hmm. for the next six months. And of course, as you can imagine, with my schedule, I had like tons of shoots and projects and trips and everything planned. And um, I had to cancel all of that. Yeah, that's how I found out. Parkour would have been also like, like at its highest intensity of like level, but also I'm sure like affection, which is what was driving the motivation. Like everything was really revolving around that and working really well if i'm not if i'm not mistaken would you say like the it was definitely revolving around it it was 
I don't know if it was working really well. I was definitely at the limit of what I could do and constantly scrambling to keep all the pieces together and keep it mm. keep it working. But okay. I was definitely busy working a lot, training a lot, traveling like crazy. So you could say I was like living the dream. I was doing tons of stuff. And yeah. Um, but I think I was just also hitting it too hard, which we can get into what I think caused me to get the inflamed heart muscle. Like mm-hmm. Of course, I had a respiratory issue and I didn't properly rest, but also my whole mentality was just like, push through it, go as hard as I can. And I think all of those factors came together and ultimately this, um, I guess, this sickness, I don't know if the sickness, this infection was taught me the lesson injury. that I need to find <laughs> a balance, injury. right? Injury, yeah. It's a muscle injury, yeah. That I need to kind of um, find a balance. That was later we can get a little bit, I guess, to the, the lessons I learned from this. Mm-hmm. But obviously the first first thing was, ah, oh, shit. Okay, I can't do parkour for six months. Yeah, what's Which next? is, right. And that's always the, when you have an injury, it's never like the injury is not the terrible thing. It's not like, oh, no, yeah. my this hurts so much. It's, no, what does this mean? For, for my career, output. for my work, for my livelihood, for my passion. You're like, mm-hmm. damn, this is not just hurting right now. This is going to impact me for the next. How long? I don't yeah. know. Will Ripples. I ever be the same? Yeah, that's a big fear. I think that even with the, and the, I wouldn't say the ankles are as severe, but I've had a, a similar time period where I wasn't able to perform and it was, fearful of like will this be my forever will i just now am i now and i guess in your case am, are you just heart heart muscle guy and can't like you know do i am i just cameraman jason am i just like it, yeah changes your self-identity a bit i guess did that do you feel like you went through that mm, i think what it i think i just really had to reframe what i was doing right because before it was so centered around my physical health that was keeping everything together because I was performing in front of the camera, behind the camera, traveling, doing all these things. Yeah. Uh, but it was all not completely tied around my physical health because the vlogs had a big storytelling aspect that necessarily mm-hmm. didn't always involve me doing parkour, but most of it was. Yeah. So that's, I really that's... had to think about <laughs> that. That's, that's kind of the is. key component. Yeah, so I really needed to reframe what I was doing and what I was going to do with the six month, next six months, basically, because I realized, okay, for six months, I'm definitely going to be off. What am I going to do? So first of all, I had to cancel everything, which was not very great. I had to be like, sorry, oh, I know I said I was going to be there in a week. Yeah, oh. and cancel a lot of the trips. But the good thing is I had been injured before and I knew that there are these periods where I can't rely on parkour being my activity. I always had these the be all and other things all. I was into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think if you really are the person where parkour is like the one thing in your life and then you lose that, that can be really, <laughs> really difficult, right? Yeah. So... For me, I always had these side passions. I was uh, into filmmaking and videos and editing. I was trying to learn Japanese. And I just decided, okay, cool. I can't do parkour right now. Actually, I can't 
I'm not allowed to do any physical activity right now. So I completely switched off that part of me in a way where okay. looking back, I feel like I could have stretched. I could have done a little bit, but I but was just like cold okay, turkey, no. no movement, no, no activity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's a, it's a bold, bold way to hit it. I think. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like I had to, there's this uh, quote from a monk <laughs> That is like abstinence easier than moderation. And I feel like that's true for me. For me, it's easier to, with everything, I can't just do a little bit of something. If I'm like, oh, I'm just going to eat. For me, eating is a really hard thing. If I say, mm-hmm. I'm just going to eat a little bit of candy today. I'm like, yeah, no. Once I open the door, it's so much harder to then control that urge. So it's yeah. easier for me to just say like, no, I'm just going to not do it at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think like I would say that, uh, similar for me with uh with alcohol i found like last year or the year before i started you know having a few drinks and then i was drinking multiple times a week and it was just getting there's no there was no filter as to thing but as soon as i'm not drinking mm-hmm. it's so easy to just not i just refer to myself yeah. i'm not a drinker and i don't drink alcohol like that's and then going into a bar or whatever you're like no I'm just, like that that part of you is just not there so it's interesting you're able to do it with movement <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, well, I had to, unfortunately. I was happy <laughs> no, about yeah. it. But I was like, ah, oh, shit. I just have to focus on these other, other aspects of my personality, I guess, or my interests. Mm-hmm. And it was still uh, like, if anybody ever goes through the same myocarditis thing, uh, it was, they had to, the, the thing with myocarditis is it's an inflammation of the heart muscle, right? So the dangerous thing is if you get your heart rate up, then your heart could sort of glitch because of the inflammation ah, in the okay, tissue. Okay, okay. So it's not necessarily it like of... overload, but something might go amiss because of the yeah size of it or like the the way it's going through those inflamed channels. Yeah, it can just lose that that beating rhythm. So what happens okay. is that it then will kind of beat frantically without actually pumping any blood, which just means you drop dead basically. Mm-hmm. So for me, I knew. It was a lot easier to refrain from any exercise where knowing that if I might, I might just drop dead. And yeah, it's not like a, a pulled leg or like a strain where you're like, oh, I'm feeling the uh, extra, like, you know, I'm overloading this slightly and you can like build that resistance back up. You're kind of like, I can't tell. I could be like right. anytime I get it up, I could be ru- ruining the, yeah. the muscles. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a totally different mental place to be in. That's the dangerous thing about the myocarditis is that like my my house doctor works at the Frankfurt Marathon, the marathon in my city. And he says every year, one to two people die because if you, you can be young and healthy, you can have it without any symptoms. And um, once you get the once your heartbeat kind of glitches, then if there's not a paramedic right next to you with the what's the electric thing called? Uh, defibrillator. Get your heart going. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> yeah. If if these not doesn't happen to be right next to you, you're basically done. Yeah, there's no there's no real coming back. Like going to the hospital and you know like forty yeah. minutes on what? Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a quick switch off. And I think it's so yeah, so as you say, hard to know if you're if you're someone like a marathon runner and you're just pushing through and you're like oh yeah, I feel a little chest pain or whatever. Like maybe it's a bit cold. It's really hard to know those limitations for internally. So it's, it's kind of good that you were switched on about heart stuff in general. Like, oh, I should should get this checked. Because if you 
hadn't had that predilection, you know, it might not have gone like to get it checked. And I think that's a really important thing for people to, it's, it's being like ahead of potential threats. That is, is the real winner there, you know, making sure that you are listening to your body and taking it seriously enough at any, any Avenue, be that a rolled ankle or be that your heart feeling funny. I 100% agree. Like for me, it easily could have said, oh, this is fine. And the symptoms did disappear. Like the chest pain did disappear a few days after. It's not like I had this constant chest pain. I had it after the trip. And if I would have not gone to the doctor, I would have never known I have an inflamed heart muscle. And Mm -hmm. I would have gone, keep going like crazy. And I probably would have dropped dead on some shoot or something or training session. Yeah, or some some other yeah horrifying avenue you know where it involves your heart giving out and changing the way you live in a more dramatic way so there's yeah so many so many negatives that can be had from not uh listening to those things and being on top of it there's just yeah potential risks we're so fragile they're so fragile (laughs) (laughs) is there is there any rehab you can do for mycotitis mycolysis (laughs) you basically just have to wait the the hard thing is that you can't really tell when it's gone because the only way you can even confirm myocarditis 100% is you can go open you can go into your heart with a little with a little what do you call it you pluck Camel? out a piece of the heart muscle oh like a like tweezers. a little tweezer like a oh. little tweezer right you you would go in you would uh pluck out a piece of your heart muscle and then you can find out if it's inflamed and what kind of inflammation exactly it is. But they don't really do that usually because it's really quite invasive. And you can usually tell by the symptoms that you have myocarditis. The thing is, if you wanted to check if my myocarditis is gone, you could try to pluck out a piece of my heart muscle, but the inflamed piece of the heart muscle might be on the other side. So you might pluck out a piece that's not really inflamed the way I understood it. Mm -hmm. And so there's not really a sure way to say you're healed from it. You kind of just got to wait. And so then basically, at the end of the you had an period. imaginary heart problem, is what you're admitting on camera now. Is that it's it was all hoaxy? It's, I was just it's mythical. Yeah, I was trying to create this drama story for my <laughs> adversity vlog to have a comeback. I realized I don't really have a comeback story in my <laughs> life yet. Neither journey. So it's just self-imposed <laughs> adversity. <laughs> yeah, it's just you become more relatable to your audience if you have a good <laughs> comeback story. You know. <laughs> oh mate yes yeah, so i feel like yeah so so the 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 minimum wait is six months is that the the like the minimum they say or that's usually they they gave me six months and then after i think four or five months i did a test where they have you ride on a bike and monitor your heart while you do it and mm-hmm. they basically said you're good but i still would have symptoms on and off and like chest pain a lot of the like chest pain and of course when you have it you become hyper aware of your heart so Mm -hmm. i would get i I got like an apple watch to monitor my heartbeat uh i almost killed you during the 25 yeah you i had to carry you up a flight of stairs because (laughs) i can remember the 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 spike in the you showed me the graph we're in the hospital and it's like normal 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 spiking heart rate normal 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 i was like oh that was dangerous (laughs) dangerous for multiple people oh yeah so for anybody who doesn't know when when dom front flipped the the famous staircase in france 
he injured his heel and i was like ah, i've got to get him to the hospital so i, I carried you up the, those yeah, 25 bottom. steps those 25 <laughs> steps yeah i front flipped down in one single bound and then jason carried me back up in 50 odd steps as soon as we got okay, back thought, up to the top maybe dom will die doing this jump not me i'm just <laughs> me. <laughs> i wasn't even meant to be here man <laughs> um so when when you started coming back into training was it like okay now i can move again full throttle or did you as you said with the symptoms kind of dabble in pull your feet back two steps forward one step back or what was the process there um well i i was aware that the biggest or the the most risky time to do parkour is probably right after you're coming back from an injury because you just want to get back to where you were as quickly as possible you are not quite in touch with your body anymore as you were so it's really easy for you to push too quick or make a mistake or just be compensating for your um inability let's say yeah something's not activating properly so you're doing a different muscle interchange or you know you're not uh Mm -hmm. hitting the jump with the same arc you were so it's jamming on your body stuff like that Exactly. You're just not, that fine touch is not there. And also you're impatient because you're like, I already waited for like six months. Ah, I want to just move and again. I know how I good to... I was. <laughs> I know where mm-hmm. I was at. So you're chasing, so you just want to get back to at least where you were, right? And you're like, mm. ah. So I was trying to curb my enthusiasm and really hold myself back and take it slow and do strength training and do all that. And I was also still quite paranoid to do any cardio. Like it took me really after like five months they told me i was good but i still waited an extra two three months because i was still not feeling even to start there lightly pushing into the mm-hmm. cardio realm okay yeah i went to another doctor in thailand actually to get my heart checked again who said i was fine and i was like okay cool i feel better now so slowly mm-hmm. get into it but then for the next two years i completely avoided all cardio like anything i was still worried about it okay. and it's I don't like cardio to begin with, so it was a great excuse to have. Like <laughs> when you when you say cardio, would you does that mean avoiding like r- runs that were plus upwards of a certain time frame and like trying to compact your movement into smaller digestible bites, or was it like you just wouldn't do running, swimming, cycling, anything that was lengthy? Both, like definitely okay. no any not any running, but also long parkour lines. And then sometimes I would do a shoot and, you know, on a shoot, they're like, we need just this sprinting shot of you. Like, and you're just sprinting behind a cameraman who's sitting in a car and you're just like, damn. So I would dread those, but I would still do those because I knew in theory, the doctor said I was safe, but also I want to listen to my body. And if I don't feel quite there, I'm like, "Mm, I want to take it easy. And then I went to this heart specialist. I got to go to this heart specialist in Austria because he's connected to the Red Bull Athlete Performance Center they have. Mm -hmm. And he told me like, you're fine. Like, go do whatever you want. And I was like, cool. And since then, I feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Mm -hmm. that really helps. Even uh, my physio here when I started to go see him and I was really worried initially and just having him be like, no, like your ankles are fine. You've just like you just got to do this and this and this to get it back like they're not permanently damaged and hearing a professional say mm-hmm. like you're good man it's just a process I was, it, it helps mm-hmm. digest that a lot and even like also say speaking speaking to you in uh Ko Chung when we did the the Red Bull shoot that was 
really helpful for me because it was right at the peak period of like the extent of the injuries, like eight months or something into it. And I was in my head, I was like, I'm better. I'm and and just talking to you about like where where the journey goes and also having a more appreciation for what's been done as opposed to just always looking for the next thing gave me a lot of perspective on uh yeah like how to deal with and how to cope with the the difference in rhythm of training yeah i think there's a lot of lessons to be learned when you get injured of course it's nice to never have to learn those lessons <laughs> when you get injured uh, but there i think it is an opportunity to, to like when i had that when i got the news that this is uh what i have to deal with i have to take a break for six months i was thinking well this is interesting i already know from previous from previous injuries i, I knew it was not a good idea to tie my self-worth to my physical performance mm -hmm. which i think is something that if you start parkour as a teenager kind of naturally happens because you're able to do these amazing things and you're like look how good i am i managed to get work hard to for it have these abilities yeah. right so you're kind of like this is i'm getting all this positive feedback for my abilities mm -hmm. but of course you know they won't be with you forever so i think it was important for me to learn i'm not i'm not a valuable person or or a um I'm not who I am because I can do those things. I am who I am because I worked so hard and became the person who did those things, even if I then can't do them anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's there's a respect and appreciation to the process and the journey that you've gone through, regardless of what the result is currently, result is today. It just mm -hmm. because you could do this two years ago and can't do it now doesn't mean you're not growing or progressing or getting better. They're just different avenues that you've pursued or different journeys that you've gone through right like let's say you learn to you run a marathon it's not like you mm. have to now run a marathon every day to become to be this person who ran a marathon it's like no you worked really hard you become a stronger more resilient more mentally and physically tough person and you don't have to keep doing the same challenge you don't have to maintain that skill to keep those that um personal growth with you of course you want to challenge yourself in other ways to still stay um tough or strong or whatever, whatever you use you yeah whatever status you get from that but it's okay to let go of those skills is what i found for myself so I, when i got that news it wasn't so much like a big ego hit necessarily or self-worth depression thing which i i don't tend to get very sad anyway um the happy jason <laughs> But it was for me like a period where I said, well, this is interesting. I can't do anything for six months, but it's not like I'm on crutches or anything. It's not mm -hmm. like I have to, because normally when I have a, I have an injured ankle, I'm like, I'm going to work on my handstands or I have an injured wrist. I'm going to work on my precision jumps. Like it's always Dance something I can somewhere. do. With this, I was like, huh, this is strange. I actually can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I told myself, well, how about I get like a little bit of a taste of what my life could look like one day when I'm not an athlete anymore. Okay. So that's kind of what I use those six months for is to just do other things and other projects, Explore. be more behind the camera. Mm -hmm. And we did the U S tour together and I was just filming. So like I still decided yeah. to come 
still got the most comments and clip in the video from uh <laughs> swinging the camera around and wiping your hands and catching it like everyone else did sick action but that got the most comments <laughs> you know i gotta get to attention somehow yeah still killing it. <laughs> um so um, i mean you've seen a big shift in your like i mean you've always had like a dancey flowy style but you've now taken on break dancing and that evolution do you feel like that shift came about from this transformative state coming back into movement and playing with it in a different way or is that something that came on later and just is a natural byproduct of your your growth um i think that was more a result of covid to be honest okay i think yeah, i think yeah. i was always into it but i was so busy i never felt like i could allow myself the time to really dive into that because there was always another shoot another project that i wanted to be able to perform well in so mm -hmm. when COVID happened, I had a lot more free time. I couldn't really go to the gym. I couldn't really travel. And I connected with some local B-boys here. And I just really got into it. Yeah. But I always yeah, found was interested in it. So mm -hmm. was there a shift coming back from from the the heart uh, disease, training, injury, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> from, from the heart? Was there a, a change in your training approach and training style uh, that w was yeah apparent hmm. i and think it's fine if not <laughs> yeah it's it's really hard for me to tell because i feel like so many things happened at the same time because oh i i think after the after the injury i still wanted to get back to where i was i wanted to be able mm -hmm. to 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 move well yeah, and that still was a journey in itself because uh i i think i got like three, four months down the road and everything was going really well. And then my right ankle flared up like crazy. And I, again, had to cancel a bunch of shoots and had to really take my time. Like I couldn't, I couldn't jump up like off of my right ankle. I couldn't bounce up like one or two flights of stairs. It was, couldn't do anything. Yeah. So I really need to, to sort that out. And that took me quite a while. And I think now I've gotten back to a level where I'm really, able to enjoy my body and move pain-free and worry-free without the heart information in the back of my mind. Yeah. It still comes sometimes. Like the other day I was at the gym and I was like, oh no, my chest pain is back. And then after like 30 minutes, I realized I had pulled a muscle in my back. <laughs> and I was feeling it. layer, it layer the up. same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> so it's still like there a little bit, but I I'm feel like I'm probably got a new appreciation of, being able to enjoy to move. And I think yeah. I've probably shifted my mindset a lot more to, I want to do moves that I actually enjoy. Because I think there's, in parkour, there's a lot of tricks that like a double full, you do it and you're really happy you did it. But it's not like while you're doing the double full, you can really it's enjoy a lot of effort. that experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, I did a punch up, rotate, tense my butt. Yeah, it's just too much going on. That's why I do diving mm. front flips or dive rolls, because it's just like you run, you launch, and there is no more <laughs> factors. It's so simple. So simple. <laughs> simple, safe. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to the next year for you, what's what's on the cards for 2023? You're going to be at the summer jams, you're competing, you're judging. What's, what's the criteria for Jason? Mm. I think I'm kind of entering a next chapter of my my life as an athlete where it's 
becoming less about these performance peaks and these big video projects. I'm mm -hmm. really happy with all of those I got to do. And now I'm kind of ready to start something new. And I think it's going to be a little bit more educational, a little bit more storytelling based, still around mm -hmm. parkour and movement. But I'm excited to branch branch into like dancing and pole dancing and other movements a little bit and play more. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be less focused on like a certain type of movement and allow myself to to experiment experiment more on like the movement side. I want to travel less because I want to have a more of a regular training routine and really find okay, my balance. Cool. That's still mm -hmm. like the theme for me is I have to find like a work-life balance with family, with training and content again. I want to do YouTube again. I want to do Instagram again, but just in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've got a passion, clearly a passion for making videos. And I feel like a lot of people really connected with those vlogs and they were quite transformative for a lot of young people who are watching them. And I think you're finding a way to showcase yourself and also give value like that is, is really important. It would be nice to see a rebirth on the Jason Paul YouTube. I would, I'm excited for it. I, I always felt like, oh, I'll be an athlete for a certain time and then I'll have to do something completely different. And during the last years, I realized like, oh, wait, there's no reason it really has to stop. So it's now I'm trying to figure out what that next chapter will look like. So yeah. it's going to be some experimenting this year. When when do you think you came to that that uh train of thought about like it can stay within the realm or stay within the, the industry per se? Was that recent or a Not, couple of years? Maybe within the last one or two years, I've really because it was just such a thing where I realized I can't do this forever. One day I will have to probably <laughs> find a real job or do something different or whatever. Such a different mindset. I was yeah, I've always been like, I'm gonna uh -huh. do this forever. And I think like probably four or five years ago, I would have comfortably said. I will do, even if I'm not doing like high-end sport in this industry forever, I will forever be doing something based in like parkour sport movement. Mm -hmm. I think like I just had made that distinction. Like, so it's nice to hear that you're in the same, in the same uh, train of thought there. Like, yeah, this, there is avenues and opportunities to grow and uh, spread a different message through the sport while still having like ties and roots within the community and all these friends that you've fostered for years and years you know you still get to be a part of everything still mm -hmm. involved just offering your insight in a different way and i think we're also lucky that we're in a sport where it is about performance but also it's a lot about just cool ideas and creativity and the expression and the community and i think if you can provide value there it's not like you have to run the 100 meter sprint any faster to be relevant. It's not like you have to jump mm -hmm. higher. There's so many more ways you can give value to the the world of parkour and the culture of parkour that it doesn't have to be performance-based. Of course it can be, but if you look at someone like Jimmy the Giant, who's really done a great job adding to the parkour culture and building his profile yeah. in an authentic way, I'm like, hmm, mm -hmm. okay. Well, this is a great time, I think also like great, casual segue to give a little bit of plug to your video courses that you've been doing have you finished to finish shooting them now as of shooting this i'm almost done i just finished the the last lesson so now i'm gonna do a little thank you for the plug by the way i'm gonna do a little <laughs> i'm gonna do a little rework of my beginner course which I'm, I'm really happy how it turned out it's a huge level up from the 
the free one I have on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it goes into a lot more detail. It's a lot smoother of a journey for beginners, especially if they're not as fit. And yeah, I'm going to rework it now and hopefully be able to re-release it in maybe a month. So awesome. my Instagram, you'll hear about it. And levels. That'll be, that'll probably com. be before. Sorry, I just spoke completely over where to find it. You say that from the top. <laughs> my my instagram and levelsmethod.com perfect perfect yes head over there this will probably actually be uh this podcast will probably come out after he's done that because it's looking to be released in about a month and a half and he said there's a month so ideally jason now you have a deadline if that it's not out by this podcast oh. you're, you're behind the crunch pressure's on damn it <laughs> miss out okay <laughs> i can do it <laughs> you can do this i believe in you but yeah just thank you so much for coming on and and really getting into the the depths of those journeys and and things you've gone through and sharing those stories because i think it is really valuable for not only younger athletes but also just anyone going through those processes regardless of if it's parkour if you've got something that's taking you away from your passion and you need to deal with that it's it's nice to have conversations around it and open up those channels so i really appreciate you coming on today Thank you. It's really fun to talk about it because, yeah, usually we share the the highlights, right? And mm-hmm. then it's like, no, no, this is an important part of most athletes' journey. And I think if you never heard that other people go through it, it can be quite jarring. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It can be. It can feel like a lonely experience. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the the main, I guess, goal of these podcasts is to yeah, really just get those stories across and and have people be able to relate and understand and and feel included in it and so if you all feel included share it with your friends Uh, you can find jason on his instagram at i am jason paul and uh you can find us at team farang on youtube thank you so much for having me on good time all right let's do it peace cool bye bye nice that was